Hello and welcome to another episode of Casted Into the Fire podcast. Uh, please ignore the barking dog. I'm Sarah. And I'm Bill, and that was Nim. And for our Halloween special, we're going to discuss a cheesy... 1959 creature movie called The Killer Shrews. Yeah, it's directed by Ray Kellogg, starring James Best, Ingrid Good, Ken Curtis, Gordon McLendon, Baruch Lumet, Judge Henry Dupree, and narrated by Gordon McLendon. And this movie apparently made a million in the box office. Really, I did not know that. See, you're, you're, you're telling me things I didn't know about this. Uh, I'll tell you how I knew about it in a sec, but Sarah, go on. What else are some um, facts about it? It was shot outside Dallas, Texas, and it was produced back-to-back with the giant Gila monster, yeah. which I have not watched in entirety, but I'd like to sometime, maybe a future episode. Yeah. Something like that. So the the premise of this movie is... Basically, these uh, people go to a remote island that a mad scientist, or actually, no, he's not even mad, he's just a scientist, and he is... He's, he's mad in the sense that he's amoral. I'd say, I'd say mad <laughs> is an appropriate word for it, because it's not like he's raving and ranting, but he is doing a, an experiment that is very... Uh, Foolish and has no actual benefit. Did we, does he, well, does he did his, mention what his benefit His aim is, is to shrink humans <laughs> to half the size that they are, oh, okay. to reduce the effects of overpopulation, but without getting the metabolism of small animals. And, what? And that is, uh, I'm going to say that this, that's batshit insane. Sorry for that <laughs> language, but that is what it is. Um, okay, so there we go. Mad and there is. are people who are not as big as other people, and they don't have shrew metabolisms. They don't have any real change in resource use. Yeah, there's a few issues that with his uh, weird little idea, but anyway... So, first off, I love shrews. Um, that's why we reviewed this movie. Yes. Sarah has a soft shot for, spot for shrews. You may have heard some of my uh, Redwall episodes. And, and I have a soft spot, enough for shrews, but also for really any terrible monster film out there. Any sort of... Uh, um, and I'm going to tell you how I actually heard knew about this, show, this movie. It's from a show called Mystery Science Theater 3000. Where they did this movie, they just watched cheesy movies and riff on them, and that is what they did. And not only that, but you know, it's like the Frank Zappa song, Cheapness. Uh, you know, things like that. Yeah, The Killer uh, Shrews is public domain. I don't know about the sequels being public domain. I haven't looked into how that. How many sequels are there, Sarah? Once again, another thing. It's the uh, Return the of the one. Killer Shrews. I knew there was Return. And also there's a colorized version of the original. Yeah, I knew, I knew that for that, but you said that there was a C, another, was there a third one? I don't think there's a third. Oh, <laughs> somebody get on that, make that trilogy. Back in the day, my nickname was Squidgy, which was after the annoying little baby pygmy shrews from Redwall. Yeah. <laughs> you like shrews. You like and, shrews. Uh, and, you know, they're, they are cute, uh, and they're unique animals in a number of ways, which, you know, we'll which get into. Which we all get into, bit. yeah. So the research subjects he's using are shrews. Uh, I'm and not now, fond of animals being researched on, but this movie isn't exactly a glowing uh, review of doing that. Uh, yeah, it shows you uh, <laughs> that you'll get... Uh, 
world-ending <laughs> science potential. Anyway, so wait, what did we we see these quote-unquote shrews? Which are plainly just big mice. Were they okay? Like, we couldn't quite tell. I wasn't sure if they were small mi- rats or big mice or what. They're big mice. They were definitely not shrews, though, because shrews have a very unique look about them. They're also tiny. Like, if you were well, so shrews, you'd be like, what is One that? thing's easier for movie producers with a cheap budget to get. Exactly. Um, and again, we'll get into shrew biology and why I just don't know anyway. So, uh, so here's the bit about shrew biology, which they were sort of going off of. They have extremely fast metabolisms. Their heartbeats can go, if they're scared, it can go in excess of a thousand beats a minute. This is why you, it's not easy to just handle shrews and keep them like that. It's also why they're also very small. They're one of they the smaller must mammals. eat every three hours or more or they will die. And their average lifespan is what, like a year or something like that? Something around that range if yeah. they're not eaten by a predator. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, like, their actual full longevity is something like So everything is in, like, hyperspeed for a shrew. And, yeah, if you want a pet one, you're going to have to be feeding that thing constantly or putting a load of food in there at once. And also be prepared to mourn it early. Um... And they're not the only mammal that have this uh, adaptation, but they're one of the most, uh, they're a, one of the more, they're, they're very adorable and personable, sort of, not really, but, you know, they're adorable. They're adorable. Um, they're also fascinating in a number of ways because of that. Uh, like, it's very, very much turned up to high speed. They are also, they also have venom. Um, um, yeah, some species really have a venom, which... Some don't, but it's some do. It's not... The venom is not medically significant to humans, but it can paralyze the small prey that they eat. It'd be enough to, like, you know, kill, like, bugs and worms and maybe, like, an amphibian or And yes, they are voracious predators. Um, They're not full carnivores. They will eat seeds, and then if they get hold of peanut butter, they'll eat it. Well, here's the thing. As Sarah said, they have very fast metabolisms. metabolisms. So peanut butter would be a really useful thing for them. It's it's just, they're omnivores. They'll eat literally anything that they can incorporate. Um, They eat insects, mice, potentially other shrews, frogs, small snakes... Anything, uh, any any prey animal that they catch off guard, but also mostly insects, eat, worms. They will, yeah, mostly insects and worms, but they will also, as Sarah said, eat plenty of sh- uh, plant material, eat plenty of uh, seeds, as long as it gets them uh, a little more fuel. That's what that is. Speaking of which, I think that might be um, something. Um, oh, never mind. It's just a piece of. Uh, I think. Yeah, we thought the dog might have had an animal. The dog who was tearing into a plush dragon. Yeah, it's just part of the plush dragon. We thought (laughs) thought maybe it was something else. Anyway, look at that. It's getting to me. Um, Um, Despite how they look, they are not actually rodents. They're insectivores, and they're closely related to moles. Yeah. And that mammal taxon. The main way you tell the difference is it doesn't have the gigantic digging claws. Yeah, Ma- and mammal taxonomy gets uh, pretty crazy, but that's one of the things that while rodents do represent uh, a third of all mammal species, shrews are not among them. Um, so anyway. So Marlow the scientist is researching on his shrews, <laughs> and um, he's there with his daughter Anne and her fiance Jerry and a servant Mario yeah. and there's in these adobe huts on this island um, well stocked with booze but doesn't seem to be well stocked with much else with his uh, quote unquote shrews yeah 
And, um, yeah. Um, so what is it? He, and so he's there living with that. And, uh, what exactly happens? Uh, um, so, yeah, a boat's coming into the island, bringing a Captain Thorn Sherman and first mate Rook Griswold Silver. Yes. Um, to the research station. And pretty much right off the bat, there's some kind of jealousy thing going because Anne talked to Thorne and... Um, yeah, there's some sort of love triangle. Jer- also, Jerry got weird about and it. And he's like drinking constantly. Oh, their, their huts are well stocked with pretty much a full bar's worth of booze, yeah, but what so else the, do they have there? So there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of drinking going on already, which, you know, great for the story. So the captain, this first mate, um, stumble upon it, and um, they're Yeah, and says the engagement is off, and she pulls a gun on Thorn when he wants to return to the boat. And it turns out these shrews have gotten loose and grown to gigantic sizes. Yep. And these are played by dogs in costumes. Yeah, now we think that they are different breeds. Because we were trying to identify what kind of dogs are under these ludicrous giant fang costumes. And we couldn't get, like, there were different shots look like different dogs. One of them looked vaguely Dalmatian-like, not quite spotty enough, but it could be Dalmatian. Yeah, we only could determine that because it was still enough. It was just there. Now, we also watched the black and white version, so... So we think that this dog knew the play dead trick and was probably cast for that reason. Uh, Yeah. And uh, we think that... uh, Maybe some pit bull greyhounds? Yeah, Sarah and Sarah uh, correctly assessed that likely they just picked whatever dogs they could find for this. Like, can this dog wear a stupid-looking shrew costume and follow very basic orders? Okay. Yeah. Well... These shrews have gotten big, and they're hungry. They've got a shrew metabolism still. And Rook is alone out there, and the shrews get him. He's, like, treed and firing a gun He's at them. He's and firing a gun. Um, yeah, that's one of those, like... Uh... He, he, he's treating firing a gun and he's screaming while this is happening and meanwhile the people and it's a inside very neat tree. He yeah up a sapling. and the people the people are uh, inside and amazingly there's only sort of hearing this I guess or they're not hearing it at all they you know he dies horribly um, yeah and the shrews are starting to tear the shrews are tearing into the walls I'm not sure that part's happening yet, but yeah, the shrews are, they're doing a hurricane, it's raining, and the walls are, you know, getting weakened by that, they're adobe mud, and shrews are tearing in, with their ludicrously giant teeth, and they're barricading it, and you know, open the doors. Now, real shrews, some species actually have iron reinforcing their teeth, that's why the teeth look red. That's so they don't wear down their teeth too much by gnawing because they don't have continuously growing teeth like rodents. And how did they not put that little factoid in? They didn't. They didn't. And they they missed a few, like, things. Anyway, the idea of shrews being that big, it wouldn't necessarily make, uh... I mean, it tempts to sort of be good scientists, but A, first of all, that premise is quackery to think that you could do that with humans, but also B... 
Like, you wouldn't necessarily, like, if you were to build, make a shrew that big, it would have to have its metabolism slowed. It would not survive. Like, it would the just nearest, uh, the one. largest relative of shrews that I'm aware of are Selenodons, which are from Cuba and Haiti. Yeah. And they're, like, rat-sized, aren't they? They're bigger than that. They're pretty big. Like, they're big like, rats? Like, rabbitish sized I mean, I've... Uh, I've seen specimens. We'll put it but they way. don't have the full shrew metabolism, right? No, I... They do have the venom, they, though. They do, and they also are burrowers. They're like, they're like shrews in that they burrow, but they don't really... And they eat, but I don't recall them uh, having any sort of metabolism quite like that. Um, Jerry, despite that Anne seems to have dumped him, is... Yeah, he's threatening Thorn over Anne... Uh, Anne seems to be a stereotype, like, oh, she's pretty and the guys fight over her. Yeah. Um, not that anybody in this movie is particularly deep character-wise, the scientist at most, but really... This is a movie to watch shrews ripping things up and people get scared, it's not. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, let's keep... This love triangle, just so there's like some semblance of a plot going, but yeah, it does that basically. Mario, the servant, gets bitten by a shrew, and even though he's just bitten, he dies right away. Um, they determine that the shrews have a highly toxic venom from eating poison baits <laughs> that were put out to get rid of the shrews. So they've somehow metabolized the poison and put it into their own makeup, which shrews can't do. There are some species of snake that can uh, take in toxins from amphibian prey and concentrate it in their liver so they're poisonous to eat themselves or secrete uh, toad toxins out through their neck. Um, There's no animal I'm aware of that can actually metabolize it into injectable venom from what they've eaten. Am I correct in this? Yeah, you're correct, as far as I know. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, not not like that. Yeah, they chew it. So apparently these shrews, which should be venomous in their own right because they're shrews, have now a toxic bite, hemotoxin, so strong that if you're bitten, you're dead in minutes. Yeah. And Thorn and Jerry get into a fight where Thorn uh, beats up Jerry. Um, a shrew kills Rodford. And at this point, shrews are like tearing through the walls and they're firing guns and occasionally and, killing a shrew. And meanwhile, these like dogs are like, yeah, they're, the dogs are playing dead. The dogs are basically just jumping like dogs. They're like, imagine like an overly friendly dog. Um, just jumping on somebody. That's kind of all they're this doing. This is allegedly supposed to be scary. Well, and they have <laughs> convincing enough prosthetics, and some of it's puppetry, some of it's certainly hand puppets. So, they do that. And they decide that the best way to get out and get back to their boat is to get under these, like, metal chemical drums, I think big trash cans, yeah. and just, like, use them as armor... And so they're going around with those cans over their head, and one of them gets a boot taken, but, oh, it didn't bite her foot. They're all good. Yeah. Um, well, you imagine that would have been the perfect time to incorporate the venom. Jerry um, doesn't 
Jerry doesn't want to do this. He's claustrophobic, so he gets up on the roof. Um, when he tries to run for the shore, shore, the shrews kill him. I sympathize with that, being a fellow claustrophobe. So, Thorn, Anne, and Marlo successfully get to the boat. It's implied they get to safety. And Thorn and Anne kiss, because apparently they're together now. Yeah, and thus ends the romantic tale of the killer shrews, <laughs> where many tropes... Uh, have been born with mon- like monsters on island and less fortunate tropes like the black guy dying first. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing because and I don't know that it was made in... What year was this, Sarah? 1959. 1959. And it feels like it's more recent even though... Like, I can see why this was a hit in 1959. Like... <laughs> It's, again, aside from the tropes, it's just, like, it looks somewhat better done than most monster movies from that era. Now, and once they're like in the boat, had... they're safe, despite that shrews are actually quite good yeah. swimmers. Yeah, Especially exactly. water shrews. They... Exactly. This would be a really bad problem. They would, like, there's no reason to prevent them from tearing that boat into shreds and going to from island to island just feasting on everything. But no, for some reason, they're safe, and they will only stick to the island... And they'll it's implied that they, they ate each, each other, other until finally the last shrew starves, starves, which, which is, is sad. sad. Yes. yes, yes, it makes you feel for the the monster. Um, and again, it hits a lot of the those things. Um, it's not. I'm trying to remember. Was it Godzilla was fifty four? That was like that was considered like the movie. And you know, before that, you had like King Kong and all those movies. You have <laughs> the Beast of Twenty Thousand Fathoms, which was a Another classic, uh, you know, we could maybe do that one day because that was actually, um, that was sort of, that predates Godzilla and, but argue, it's debatable. There's a lot of people, Godzilla was of course chiefly inspired by the droppings of the A-bombs. Sorry for the side tangent, but I just wanted to say this thing. But there is some thought that it may have taken some inspiration from the beat of 20,000, which both would in turn take from uh, Ray Bradbury's The Foghorn, which we'll go into one day. Anyway, so these poor shrews, they're a sympathetic monster that were experimented on, and they broke free, and sadly, they uh, presumably died as cheap. Presumably. <laughs> presumably. Again, there's no reason. I mean, I guess maybe that's what the sequel is about. Should we... Watch the sequel. Yeah, we should watch it. Now, well, that one was not free, right? Uh, that one, one was, was not free. free. This one was free with pre- subscription, so... You can watch it on YouTube. It's public domain. Don't uh, feel guilty about it. The mystery science theory 3000 one I looked for as well, and that you had to pay for as well. We're being we're being cheap uh, this Halloween for that. But it's a really neat little, like... And at the same time, kind of a weird... Um, little feature on Amazon if you want to watch it. And again, it's on YouTube as well. You might be able to catch the MST3K or the colorized version uh, for free somewhere. Not guaranteed though. But And apparently you'll have to pay for the sequel. Have fun uh, spending money on that if you want. Any more uh, remarks about it? No, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just uh, went off on a tangent there. So, there you go. The Killer Shrews. And, uh, if there's any other weird uh, creature movies you'd like us to talk about or we'd love to hear about it, please message us. And... Give us suggestions. We'll watch whatever. <laughs> Just uh, know that we might have to save up for something if it costs money. 
or find it. Thank you for listening to Castings the Fire podcast and good night. Good night.